to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, aka Jade Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode five of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a lot to talk about today. So sit back and relax because I got you. I'm coming to you from a place I like to call the saloon. So bartender, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today are injury updates for the Aggies, an interview with Jabari Rice, and the latest scheduling news. Alrighty, thank you, bartender. It's time for segment number one, which is an update on New Mexico State's injuries. The Aggies are back on the court after resuming basketball activities last Wednesday, but now the question is which players exactly are able to suit up. New Mexico State was already dealing with a number of injuries before putting a hold on things, and I'm going to give an update on those guys right now. The first player is redshirt junior Jabari Rice, who was the preseason WAC player of the year. The 6'4 guard suffered a foot injury during the Aggies season opener against Arizona Christian on November 29th, and he gutted it out in the following game against Benedictine Mesa before eventually being ruled out for six to eight weeks on December 2nd. Now that timeline is still what we're going off of for New Mexico State's star player, which means he still has another three to five weeks of recovery time. Now with Rice's injury, the Aggies are in pretty dire need of some backcourt depth and one guy that the team is hoping to get back soon in order to help with that problem is sophomore Kalen Williams. The 6'2 Juco transfer is a two guard who suffered a broken fifth metatarsal in his foot prior to the start of the season, so he has yet to make his Aggie debut, but it looks like that could be changing soon, folks. Williams was ruled out for the remainder of non-conference play, which ends on January 7th for New Mexico State, and we've already seen signs of improvement in the young guards' health. The Aggies have a Twitter account where they regularly post photos from team practices, and they snap the pick of Williams doing some dribbling drills this past Friday. Now, I asked head coach Chris Jans about this in his weekly press conference on Monday, and he said Williams has still not been cleared for contact practice just yet, but the fact we're already seeing him on the court in any capacity is definitely an encouraging sign because, like I said, the Aggies need him back. As of right now, New Mexico State's only active guards are Evan Gilliard II, C.J. Roberts, Tennessee Owens, and Bryce Rewalt. The team needs more bodies, plain and simple, and Williams' ability to play either the one or the two really makes him invaluable. But isn't the only guard hoping to help the cause soon? Junior guard Jason King made his New Mexico State debut in the team's season opener against Arizona Christian, but it's in that contest that he suffered a high ankle sprain. Now, King didn't suit up for the Benedictine Mesa game as a result, and we really haven't gotten a definitive timeline for his return. Jan said he doesn't believe the injury will be a long-term one, we found out on Monday that King is also not cleared for contact practice at the moment. And similar to Williams, the return of King would do wonders for New Mexico State's depth problem. He's a 6'4 guard who can play either the 2 or the 3 due to his strength. And he's one of the better defenders on the Aggies' second unit. Now, I also believe New Mexico State's starting lineup is Evan Gilliard II, Clayton Henry, Donnie Tillman, Johnny McCants, and Mayan Kerr. And if that's the case... New Mexico State doesn't have anyone who plays backup three right now, which means getting King back as soon as possible is a must for the Aggies. So that's an update on New Mexico State's three players who are dealing with injuries, but what better way to get a sense of how these guys are doing than to hear from one of them? That's right, I got to sit down with Jabari Rice this week to talk about his recovery process and more. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Bartender, change the channel real quick. You got it, boss. 
All right, guys, today I am joined by one of New Mexico State's star players and a straight shooter veteran, Jabari Rice. Welcome to the show, my man. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Appreciate you for having me. Happy to have you as always, man. How's the uh, the bubble life treating you in Phoenix so far? It's kind of a different experience. Uh, the coaches are making us make the best out of it, but uh, you could say it's kind of different. It's all right, though. Yeah. How's the, uh, how's the book treating you so far? How you feeling? Now you're three weeks into your recovery process. Yeah. I just got my stitches out yesterday, and now I'm walking without crutches. And sometime either Monday or, like, uh, during the weekend, I'll be in the pool, walking in the pool and stuff, trying to work myself back on to walking regular without the boots. Then I'll go back next Friday or next Monday after like after Friday, and uh, I'll go get my stitches. I mean, I'll go get my um, x-ray again, and if the doctor said I'm good, I'll start to come back on the court. So hopefully I can get there soon. Yeah. What exactly was, was the name of your injury? I think all we got was foot injury, but can you give us more details on that, which foot it is? Yeah, it's a, it's a Jones fracture on my right foot. So basically it's a crack in my foot, and okay. uh, they had to put a nail in there and – and uh, put it together, I guess. Okay, got you. And it's interesting because yeah. you guys just came off of having to pause on all activities for about 12 days. What's that recovery process like during that? Are you able to see the training staff, if at all? Are you mostly just cooped up for 12 rooms in your I mean, 12 days in your room? How did that play out? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're still able to get treatment, like distance treatments and stuff like that. Um, sometimes we we got we do a little. Uh, foot movements and stuff, just trying to get some range of motion in my foot. Um, I get a lot of sit-down shots up, you know, and I'm still hitting weights the same. Just can't lift on that right leg or push off of it. So just trying to work around it. Gotcha. No days off, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Always. Gotcha. I know you guys are still trying to to schedule some more non-conference games, but once that does happen, just how do you plan on having an impact from the sideline? Um, Just – being the same, I guess. I guess I was a leader on the floor while playing, but now um, I can work on being more vocal and being able to talk louder and just making the routine a layup, like knowing all the plays from the one to five, knowing what Jans wants to do, trying to think like him so that way when I'm in the game, I can be that, that second helping hand that he needs. Not all, not only like being a coach, but also being a player and trying to help them from a mental point too. Yeah, for sure. What have you seen out of the guys? You guys have been back to practice, I think, for about a week now. What have you seen out of them so far? Um, They're hungry. Uh, they want to get better and they know what we're up against. And so I don't think that it's no backtrack. Uh, we're just moving forward and trying to get our win back in. Hopefully, whenever we get a game on the schedule, we can attack it. Yeah. Is there some excitement building for once you guys are at full strength? Because I know Caleb Williams is also working back to getting on the court. Jason King, Marcus Watson's waiting for eligibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, ha- I'm just ready to get back on my team, and I'm pretty sure that they want me to come back. So, hopefully, I get to get back on the team. And all I want to do is really win games and just go to war with my teammates. So, that's the ultimate goal right now. And once I get back, that's the work 10 times harder to make that happen. Yeah, for sure. One guy recently got back is Mayan Kerr, who just got his eligibility. 
just mm -hmm. seeing him because he was here for a little bit of last year, just practicing. What can Aggies yeah. expect out of him now that he's eligible? Um, he's very aggressive and, and very um, – he, he's a good rebounder. He's a smart player, and he just does – he's the type of player that that our culture – on the basketball court, he's the type of player that our culture uh, reflects. So – uh, hopefully he can uh, help us in a in a big way, and hopefully he can uh, play a lot. Yeah, for sure. I know as we're recording this, Christmas is two days away. You guys being in Arizona right now, just what plans have you made with family to stay in contact with them during these holidays? Are you FaceTiming them? Were they able to send you gifts, stuff like that? Just how's that working out? Yeah, they're able to send us stuff. We can get packages and FaceTimes, you know, always, every day. I talk to my mom and – uh, we had a vacation like um, last week or two weeks. Two weeks ago, we got to go home. But other than that, we don't really uh, get any breaks like that. We're just trying to get some games in and trying to keep getting better because ultimately we don't have any room to to not practice. Yeah, I mean, it seems like right now you're spending all the time with basketball family. Right now, is that kind of just strengthen the bond with this team? Yeah, it does. And I, honestly, I love it being around basketball 24-7. That's all I eat, sleep, breathe. So it's not a big deal for me. And it's ultimately a chance for us to all get our chemistry and everybody to get back on the same page. Nobody's, everybody's around. You know, we have to see each other. So that's yeah. how it is. Definitely. Speaking of basketball, I know the NBA season started yesterday, you know, you're going to be focusing more so on your team once games start up again, but just who are you rooting for in the NBA? Um, I would say I'm rooting for Isaac Okoro because I think he's a pretty good player, you know, and he he has a chance to show what he can do. And also one of our former uh, teammates and, and one of my brothers, uh, Trev, Trev, and I know, even though um, the Rockets gave him a chance, I know there's bigger opportunities out of there. And he has a good work ethic, and he's a, a nice person, and he just lives his life the right way. So hopefully everything works out for him. Yeah. How much have you been in contact with him since he uh, since he signed with the Rockets and ultimately got waived and all that? Uh, I've talked to him a couple times a week, you know, to see what he's doing. He, he's, he's a funny person, so he'll hit me up sometimes. I'll hit him up. It's always a bomb when we hit each other up. It's not really a have to hit them up every day type thing. But when I do talk to them, we do catch up a little bit. Yeah, nice. Well, Javar, yeah. we normally wrap it up and give nickname ideas. But since you are a straight shooter veteran here, I've got a different mm -hmm. way of ending out this interview if that's cool with you. So this, is, right, this is called the straight shooter superlative. So pretty much what I do is I say most likely on the team to do this, and you're going to tell me which guy on the team is most likely to do that, if that makes sense. <laughs> All right, bet. I got you. Okay, so first one, most likely to win Hell's Kitchen. Who's chefing it up in the kitchen right now for the team? Who's the best chef? Ooh. I wouldn't say myself, but uh, Will McNair is pretty, is pretty good in the kitchen. He's a pretty good cook. Okay, okay. You said you're in consideration, though. Know, what are some of your, your best dishes? Um, shoot, I really make a lot of stuff. I like making like uh baked potatoes or uh salmon. I make that a lot. Pasta, you know, everybody makes pasta, burgers. I just I make a lot of stuff to be honest. Okay. Maybe yeah. we'll pull a cheesesteak or something like that. I know it's from Philly. Probably, maybe, maybe. He has this little sauce that he swears that it's the best, so I have to try it. 
Okay, got you. Next one up is most likely to be a WWE wrestler. Who's got the personality, the strength, the mixture of all of that to be a guy? Um, probably I'll say either Rashawn or Marcus. Okay, got you. Yeah. For that? Uh, just because the body types and the way they grunt when they run and stuff like that, you know, it's kind of like a wrestler. So, got you. That's why I say. Got you. And then our last one, most likely to tear up while watching The Notebook. If the whole team sits down, watches a little Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, who's tearing up for The Notebook? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Probably Clayton. Really? Okay. Clayton's pretty emotional, so I'm going to go with Clayton. Got you. Well, Jabari, that's all that I have, man. I appreciate it, as always. You're taking time to talk to me, and uh, hopefully the recovery process continues to go well, man, so you can see you out there on the court soon. Appreciate that, man. Hopefully I can get back soon. All right, man. You take care. All right, man. All right, guys. So that was Jabari Rice talking about what his recovery process has been like, how he plans to impact the team from the sideline, and most importantly, those straight shooter superlatives, folks. Now we know that William McNair can chef it up. Rashawn G and Marcus Watson might have a wrestling career in their future, and Clayton Henry isn't afraid to get a little emotional sometimes if it's the right movie. Shout out to Jabari, as always, for being on the show. Let's move on to the next segment. Alrighty, folks, so that buzzer means it's time for segment number three, which is an update on New Mexico State's schedule. The Aggies have been putting together their non-conference slate of games on the fly so far, and everybody is waiting for that next piece of the puzzle to be revealed. Head coach Chris Sand said on Monday that there's nothing concrete at the moment, but that they're talking to teams all over the country right now. Two opponents the Aggie Nation really wants to see New Mexico State face, though, are its rivals UTEP and UNM. And while Jans has asserted, really since the preseason, that the Aggies want to play those games, it's looking less and less likely that that'll actually happen. Let's go ahead and start off with UTEP. The Miners put out a release last Friday saying that they finalized their non-conference slate. And when KTSM's Andy Morgan asked UTEP head coach Rodney Terry about the chances of playing New Mexico State, this is what he had to say. Bartender, change the channel real quick. You got it, boss. Well, New Mexico State's been shut down twice, so I don't know how you play them. You know, and, and, and the only time we could have played them is they would have had to come over here and stuff. So, you know, there was a lot of conversation and dialogue about that, but there's always been an open invitation to come here and play here. No one's ever said you couldn't come here. But they've been shut down twice, so they haven't had a chance to, to stay up and running for a minute. But, yeah, that, that probably all practicalities, there's no, there's no chance of playing this year based on that. But it wasn't because we didn't want to play. We had plenty of opportunities to play. Our gym has been open the whole time. So there you have it, folks. Conference USA play begins on January 1st, so we'll see if anything changes before that time. But it's looking like we're trending in the direction of New Mexico State not playing UTEP for the first time since the 1943-44 season. And then there's UNM. The Lobos began conference play in the Mountain West on Monday with a game against Boise State. So it also seems like a matchup with New Mexico State is unlikely, barring some cancellations during conference play that would free up a date for the two teams to face off. Now, where does that leave the Aggies? Well, as I said, Jan stated that they're talking to teams across the country right now, and he also added that just one more non-conference game isn't enough in his opinion. New Mexico State is hoping to fit in multiple games before WAC play begins on January 8th. Now, I have a clip about this from Jan's press conference on Monday that we can check out. So, bartender, change the channel one more time, please. You got it, boss. We need more than one. Um, we need multiple games uh, before WAC play starts. I think 
the worst part about what we're going through. And until you are in the midst of it, you can't understand it. Like a lot of things in life until you experience it, you really don't know how it affects you and your kids and your program and your team, <clears throat> but going on pause in the middle of the season now um, and watching all these other teams be exposed. You know, that's what early games do is you, you get exposed and it gives you things to work on. It gives you an opportunity to see what you're good at, what you're not good at when you stack up against uh, another competitive program. So that's the biggest issue I think we have right now is, um, you know, we have an idea of our strengths and weaknesses, but I think other teams really expose um, you to um, some holes in your program and what you don't do well, et cetera. And so uh, that, that's my biggest concern and worry is we're just, we just don't have game experience. You know, guys aren't used to playing with one another when the lights are on and guys aren't used to that type of pressure. And that's, that's a problem. And then when we start whack play, you know, we have a vibe after the first weekend. So um, that's not ideal for us either, but you know, that's not something we can change. It's out of our control. And the old cliche is, you know, control what you can control. And um, so we've got to figure out a way to get multiple games between now and January 8th um, because of the experience that's required and just to see where we're at. And so we have necessary time to, you know, adjust and try to fix those problems that will definitely arise. All right, guys. So that was head coach Chris Jans talking about how he feels the team needs another few non-conference games under its belt. And I got to say, I definitely agree with them. I've said it before. I wasn't impressed by New Mexico State's pair of NEIA wins. The Aggies clearly had a lot of rust due to their lack of offseason practices, and they're also clearly hurting from their injuries right now as well. We'll see how many non-conference games they can get in before WAC play begins on January 8th. But for now, that is going to do it for Episode 5 of Straight Shooter. Hopefully, we will have an actual game to preview for next week's edition. But either way, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share with the rest of Aggie Nation, and consider subscribing or following, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you guys want to stay up to date with all things Aggie hoops, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JadeSportsDude and subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News. This has been Justin Martinez, aka JadeSportsDude. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I'm out.